All right, church, if you would, open up your Bibles with me and turn to 1 Peter chapter 4. And we are going to, this is going to conclude, today's going to conclude our, our series on giving. And um, today we're going to be talking about time, gifts, and talents. And we've, we've kind of touched on some of these things um, over the last several weeks. But today we're going we're gonna to kind of land here. Um, this is sort of a uh, this is sort of a, a, a good place to land within this particular series, just because when we give of ourselves to the Lord, and we are giving specifically our time, our gifts, and our talents, if we are doing that consistently and we're doing it rightly, then everything that I've been preaching about over the last four weeks means that those things are all starting to fall into place. That, that when we begin to share and to give back to the Lord our time, our gifts, our talents, it means that, that likely we are beginning to do and be in obedience with our attitude in, in giving. That, that as, we, as we give of our hearts, as we talked about on Mother's Day, that, that we can give our hearts rightly to others. That as we as we take and we look at our, our finances and we, we figure out, okay, Lord, how is it that you want me to give? How much do you want me to give? We know what the Lord has called for us, but we also know there's this thing called life and reality. And the truth is, is maybe we haven't been giving the way that we should have been, but we, but we need to set a goal or set an aim to say, I want to give the way the Lord has called and commanded me to give. And then we talk about missions. Because, you know, again, last week, we had Chelsea and Sierra both away on missions. And so it was a great opportunity, just the Lord kind of filled in that gap for us, where we got to talk about, you know, when we are on mission, it doesn't just simply mean that, you know, we're going to go serve at Adventure Serve Camp or, or we're going to go to Brazil. Missions looks a, like a lot of different things. And remember, we talked about how when Victory Road came last week and how wonderful it was to, to have them come and to sing and to share with us. Even that was a mission because they go around and they bless churches with their beautiful voices, with their beautiful music, and that is a service. And they absolutely helped us last week because we had no singers last week. <laughs> so they were here and they were in service to us. And it was a mission field that they, that is a mission field that they go out and they serve in. And that mission field can look like so many things. It could be as simple as you going down and, and, and or going to a place that is, has had some, some issues, some troubles. Maybe they've had storms recently. You just simply go and you hand out water to people. That's a mission. That is you being the hands and the feet of Jesus. And anytime you go and you serve in a capacity where you become the hands and feet of Jesus and you proclaim Jesus to other people, you are on mission. And we've been called as Christians to go. Remember, I point this thing out back here so often. Go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We as Christians are called to go and to be on mission. So that was the reason that we, we've sort of pulled this together the way that we have to lead us and bring us into a good, right place. And now today we're going to be talking about our time, our gifts, and our talents. These are going to be the things that, that says... How is it, can, how can I serve? What can I do, little old me? Because I can't be the only person in this room who sometimes feels inadequate. 
Do you ever feel like you're inadequate with God? That, that you go, you know what, I would really like to serve in some capacity. I just don't know. I don't know what I'm good at. What am I good at? The truth is, you're probably good at a whole lot of things. You just don't give yourself credit for. There's a lot of times that people serve and do things, and they just feel like, you know what, this is really not that important. I just, I just kind of come over here and do this thing. You know, maybe, maybe you come and you clean the church. We have two people sitting right here that comes and cleans the church, and I guarantee if you were to ask them, they go, it's just, it's just something that we do. We just, that's, how we kinda, that's how we love on the church. That's a mission. They are called to that. Amen. Give the Lord a praise. Here's the thing. You're not praising them. You're praising God for working through them. And, and, and when Chelsea went to Brazil and she was over there sharing this, you showed the picture of it. She's sharing the box of Jesus and you know, she's flipping through the thing. I don't know how to do it because I didn't grow up with that. Um, I was Catholic. You know, we sat, we kneeled and all that jazz. So like Chelsea was like at home though, she was like, watch this, this looks like a transformer coming apart, you know, and doing this thing. And she's telling people about Jesus through this transformer box. And, but like she was at home with that and she's good at it. And some people will look at that and say, man, I wish I was like Chelsea. I wish I just had that gift of just walking up to somebody and saying, can I share Jesus with you? I know you don't speak my language, but I'm going to talk to this guy and this guy's going to talk to you. And we're just going to have this grandy old time. Well, guess what? She has to get herself to do that. Chelsea doesn't just simply have that within her. None of us really have that within us. She loves to do it. But you know what? It takes her trusting the Holy Spirit to get it done. Am I right, Chelsea? It takes trusting in the Holy Spirit to do the work that he has called us to do. Me getting up here before you every single week, like, I'm a nervous dude. I don't like talking in front of you people. But God says, Go get it done. And I trust him to do it. I trust him to bring the message. And I've had to work out, how do I do that? Some people come, and they will literally have like all these notes, and they can basically just go, I'm reading through my sermon, and then the Lord said, and it's all just super powerful. You know what I've got? I've got like eight scriptures that I'm going to be preaching from today, and that's it. I don't have notes that says, make sure you emphasize Jesus here. Like, like you get whatever the Holy Spirit brings. And that's all I can do. Because that's how he works in and through me. And I trust him to do that each and every single week. It's not that I'm not prepared. I read, I study, I pour myself through the scripture. It's just the process that he works through. We have people that come here and they serve in Sunday school. And they do the things that they do. And even if we don't have kids, they're still prepared. They make a lesson every week. Amanda and and Brenda have been doing this. For the longest of time, and for the longest time, all Amanda had was her own son. That was it. And every week she prepared for multiple people. Brenda, was a, she was at the ready every single week. And for like, what, a year, Brenda, or longer? She was like, I'm still praying for kids to come. She prayed without ceasing, please bring children, Lord. I am ready. I am willing and you know what we have to do sometimes? we got to go, I'm on your time, God. It's your time. It's your way. And I have to just simply rely on you and trust you to do that. But what I want to point out is that they were faithful. And they were faithful with much because they're both gifted and talented in the things that they do. What are you gifted and talented in? What, what are you 
what are you able to bring for the Lord? And then the biggest question is, is are you willing to bring it? Are you willing to surrender yourself in that way? Are you willing to step outside your comfort zone? And somebody in this room probably knows where I'm heading because they stepped out way outside their comfort zone today. As we were up here and figuring out, TJ and I, I talked to him last night. I was like, hey, Chelsea's not going to be able to sing. You know, she just got back from Brazil. Her voice isn't there. Like, it's me and you and Jody. And then Jody called and said, hey, I've been with my daughter in the ER since 2 a.m. I'm not going to make it. It's like, all right, TJ, it's you and me, buddy. And then Emily, out of nowhere, says, maybe I could try to sing back up. And she said it about this loud. <laughs> <clears throat> And I said, if you're willing, I'll find a mic. And praise the Lord, she stood right here and she sang in front of every single one of you. And I can't tell you, amen. And listen, I'm not saying this to lift up certain individuals. What I want you to hear and see through this is that we have people who are willing to step outside their comfort zone and say, yes, Lord. Are you willing to simply just say, yes, Lord, when he calls? And to simply just go, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I have the means to do it. I don't know if I have the talent to do it. I don't know if I have the time to do it. I don't know if I, like, like God, is that something? Instead, today, what we've gotten to see just right here in the first three songs that we've sang was somebody say, yes, Lord. That's it. Yes. You want to use me in this capacity? Yes, Lord. Do you want me to prepare a, 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 an agenda and a, and a lesson every single week for children that we don't even have? Brenda said, yes, Lord. Amanda said, yes, I will teach my own child that I could obviously teach at home. She said, I will come here and I will do it and I will be prepared and I will be ready to go. We have people who come here and clean this church each and every single week, even a week and a half after having lung surgery. They said, yes, Lord. How are we saying yes? Are we willing to say yes? And my hope is that the answer to that is yes. In case you weren't figuring where I was heading there. Listen, there's, there's ways that we can give of ourselves. There is, you know, great and amazing things that we can do. But what I want to share with you, and like I said, we're going to be going to 1 Peter chapter 4, but as I've been doing each of these weeks, I'm going to lead you through some scriptures that just sort of get us there. And we're going to land in 1 Peter, but where we're going right now, and, and I'm going to take you to several different places, so you're welcome to flip or go on your phone or however you're going to get there. But Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16, when we consider our time with the Lord, when we consider what that should look like, what Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16 says, it says, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. You see, when we, when we go throughout our days, we have all kinds of time, don't we? Don't we have, I don't have, an, maybe I do, right? I spend so much time on this crazy thing, way more time than I should. And you all know when I pull this out, you're guilty just like I am. I spend so much time on this thing. There's this really great game that I like to play on here. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. Um, you, you know, 
I'll sit there and I'll, I, just, I just play it for, for all kinds of time. Uh, it's called Royal Match. I don't know if you've ever played it, but it's an addicting little thing. And all it is is making matches. I'm literally playing like a three-year-old game. Like, it tells you a lot about men, doesn't it? But, uh, like, I spend so much time here that I could be spending elsewhere. And sometimes the time that we spend is not used in the greatest of ways. Sometimes, you know, idle hands. Sometimes get in a lot of trouble. If we don't have something to lead us and consume us rightly, we can, we can fall victim into a whole lot of things, can't we? We can find ourselves looking at things that we shouldn't be looking at. We, should, we can find ourselves participating in things that we shouldn't participate in. As Christians, we are called to not be higher or better, but to be like Jesus. See, we don't want to be hypocrites. We don't want to simply put ourselves up on a pedestal. Trust me, I know this one. Preachers get put on pedestals constantly. You know, we get looked at and say, well, you should be perfect. Your family should be perfect. Everything about you should be perfect. You're who's up there standing up higher than everybody else. We're going to put you on this pedestal. All you're doing is setting me up for a higher place to fall from. I am a human being. I am not Jesus Christ by any stretch of the means. I'm not nearly as good as anyone he's ever called. Abram, Noah, Moses. None of those people. I look at them and I just go, wow. And I look at me and I go, whoo, boy, you picked wrong. But the truth is, is, is if I surrender myself and I say, you know what, Jesus, I'm just going to trust you. I know that, it, like, I'm questioning your judgment sometimes when you picked me, but, but you picked me for a reason, didn't you? You picked me because because you believed in me because you saw within my heart you know what i'm going to do you know if i'm going to surrender myself to you and and i just have to trust what he's got for me we all question god and if you say you don't you're in trouble this morning you're committing one of the sins that are out there that says don't lie especially in church we've all questioned god at least at some point and, and nobody is immune to that. Sometimes you just simply say, God, I don't know where you're going with this thing. What are you doing? The truth is, he's got a plan. And his plan is perfect. And I know that. And that's the reason that I always come back to and trust in what Jesus has for us. In Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9, it says, The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. You see, when I come to the place where I just surrender myself and I say, you know what, God, it's not for me. It's not for my plans that I'm making. If it was my plans, we'd have had a full worship team here this morning. We'd have all sorts of stuff here this morning if it was up to me and my plans. But it's not my way, is it? You hear me a lot of times in my prayers saying, Lord, let it be your will, your way. Because everything from God is right and perfect. It's according to him that we should follow. And that's what I encourage each of you to do. It's what I have to remind myself, is that my ways are not good. My ways are not righteous. My ways are not higher than his. I am to submit and be obedient to God, to what Jesus has taught and led. And when I learn that and I start to put that into practice, everything else starts to fall into place. James chapter 4, verse 14 says, Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. 
What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Proverbs 16, verse 3 says, Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. We're not supposed to worry about tomorrow. Scripture tells us that tomorrow's got worry of its own. It'll worry about itself. We're supposed to just simply say, you know what, Lord, I'm here in the right now for you. What would you have me do? And it's the reason that, that a lot of times you hear us, us preachers that are preaching the gospel, who say, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ right here, right now, give yourself to him right here, right now. Because you know what you're not guaranteed? You're not guaranteed tomorrow. And you're not guaranteed one more second, even as we sit here and I'm speaking to you now. You're not guaranteed anything. Nothing. You do not know when the good Lord is going to call you home. You don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. What is your life? And I will tell you and take it a step further. What is your life without Jesus? It's nothing without Jesus. Other than a complete and utter torment in hell. That's true. What is your life? It says, for you are a mist that appears for just simply a little bit of time. This place, this, where we are gathered, even right here, right now, this is all temporary. You've heard me say it. You've heard other preachers here say it. You don't get to take any of this with you when you go, and you don't know when you're going. It's up, it's up to God to, to make those final decisions. It's up to you to accept them and to accept him and to call upon his name, the Lord Jesus, and say, forgive me, Lord. Repent of your sins and say, I need you in my life and I want to follow you. I want to commit myself to you. And when you ask me to go, when you ask me to serve, when you ask anything of me, I will just simply say, yes, Jesus. We have to give ourselves to him because we're not guaranteed anything. And we all have loved ones out there who that we're concerned with. So yes, I am 100% thankful that God has waited so long to come back. But I'll tell you this, and I'm not one of these, um, you know, end of the world people. I don't have a stockpile of stuff at home, you know, your doomsday preppers and all that stuff. But I am telling you that this world's starting to look a whole lot more like Sodom and Gomorrah every single day. And I'm not telling you that the end is coming, and I'm not going to give you a date of when it's going to get here because it says nobody knows, not the angels, not even the sun, knows when the end is coming, which is the whole reason we have to be prepared. So when we consider what time are we giving to God, it should be now. Are you giving your time to God right now? Are you giving yourself to Him every day, cutting aside just a portion of your time, Remember, we've been talking about giving. He says, give 10% of yourself. So how much of your day are you giving 10% of it to God? We talk through these things that it's not just, I'm going to give 10% of my money, I'm going to drop 10% of my finances right here in this plate, and then I'm going to be good. No, God says, I want 10% of everything. When Jacob said, I'm going to give, he said, I'm going to give a tenth of everything. When Moses gave, he said, I mean, uh, when Abram gave, he said, I'm going to give a tenth of everything. And they meant that. It's not just your money. And I'll say that a million times over. Yes, this church needs your money. This church needs it to keep the doors open and lights on. There's people that get paid here. 
all of that jazz, right? But you know what's needed more? So that we can go out. So that we can spread the good news of the gospel. So that we can do ministry and reach the lost. And so that we can say, yes, Jesus. We have a lot of good churches in this community. We're, I believe, one of them. And it doesn't matter how big we are. Because I have read stories where churches got down to the point where they only just had a small handful of people. And you know what they decided? They came together and they said, yes. Lord, has you moved? We're going to say yes. We're going to promise you to say yes. And their church went from like five or six to like over a hundred in a matter of a year. Because they just simply surrendered themselves and said, I'm going to trust you, God. I'm going to follow you, God, with whatever you call or whatever you ask or whatever you do. I'm going to surrender myself to you and I'm going to give you the time that is necessary the time that you have commanded, the time that I should be willing to give. Why? Because you gave yourself for me. Literally. You surrendered everything that you had. He gave 100% of himself. He's only asking for 10 of you. So we can and should be giving our time. Why should we be giving our time? You can find a good example of this in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. It says, In a favorable time I listened to you, and in a day of salvation I have helped you. If you have received salvation from the Lord, you should be leaping with joy today because you have an eternal home that you get to go to, and your heart should be breaking for those that don't have that promise. And there's a lot of people out there that don't have that promise even people right here in this little community. As I shared with you, there's literally like 80% of Spencer County that does not even go to church. Some of them will claim to be Christian, but how can you claim to be Christian if you don't follow Hebrews 10 that says don't fail to gather together? Now get it that, that some people aren't able to come all the time. Sometimes work gets in the way. Sometimes you know people have health issues. Sometimes we have homebound. I'm not talking about those situations. So don't misunderstand what I'm saying. What I'm talking about are the abled-bodied who just simply say, I think this is more important. A ball game that is not more important than God can wait. 100%. A party that is not more important than God can wait. A concert that you went to on Saturday night that is not more important to God can wait. Anything in your life that you have that you literally put next to God and say, is God above that? It can wait. Because we should be saying, yes, Jesus. I give myself to you. I surrender myself to you. I am drawn to you. Everything else around me can fade and just simply go away. Because at the end of the day, guess what? The ball game's not going to matter. It's not going to matter who won it. It's not going to matter who played it. It's not even going to matter if they made it to the NBA. And most people don't. It's not going to matter if you had this great party and you had 100 people come if you all go to hell. Because they don't have parties in hell. There is literally suffering and torment in hell. Literally. Nothing is more important than God. Nothing. And it's just a small 
small bit of honor and respect to glorify him by coming together as Christians, as he's called for us to do. Again, you can look it up, Hebrews chapter 10. He says, don't fail to gather together as the Gentiles do. Don't fail. And yet we fail God constantly in our lives. And it's the reason I'm so thankful that Jesus Christ has surrendered himself to us the way that he has. He literally gave himself as a ransom so that we could receive forgiveness because we all screw it up. I'm not saying that if you're going to miss church next week, all of a sudden you're going to hell. That's not how that works. Jesus is a forgiving God. But if we shouldn't make a habit of it, then shouldn't we? You see, we, we are called to share the gifts that we have. So we've talked about sharing our time, why it's important to share our time, but we also have these, these gifts that God gives us. In James chapter 1, verse 17, it says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom no, there is no variation or shadow due to change. Everything good that you have, if you have a roof over your, home, over your head, if you have clothes on your back, if you have food on your table, even if it's bread and water on your table, you have been blessed because there's people around this world that don't have even that. There's people everywhere around this world that don't have the normal, simple provisions. You got toilet paper at home? Be blessed. There's people that don't have that. People that don't have clean drinking water. Clean water. When they drink it, what, what we see people in other countries drink would turn your stomach, literally. And, and do you know that it's not just in other countries that that's happening? Do you know that that's happening right here in the good old United States where it's the land of the free, home of the brave, and everything's hunky-dory? Do you know the people in Michigan haven't had clean water for years? Literally. We're digging wells for people over in other countries while we got people right here in our own back door, right in our own backyard that are, they just don't have it. And it's crazy to think, isn't it? Isn't it crazy to think that, you know, in, a, in, in our homes where we have so many Bibles and we just know the name of Jesus Christ and it just sort of, he just sort of rolls off our tongues when we talk. There's people right here in good old Spencer County that has no idea who Jesus Christ is. Never even heard his name before. Has zero clue. So every good gift, every perfect gift, and every gift we receive from the Lord is 100% perfect. It is all from the Lord. Romans chapter 11, verse 29, it says, For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. The things that we have been given, the gifts that we've received, they are irrevocable. They are, they are things that can't be taken away. Why? Because God the giver has given them. Especially when he imparts them to your heart. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is, a, it is the gift of God, not a, result of, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. That's a big one. This, this gift of grace that we have been given it says that we've been saved through our faith. We didn't deserve that. Matter of fact, we couldn't even earn it. We could do whatever we wanted to to try to earn our grace. We could go out and we could become the most Christian-like people in the world. But if we don't proclaim Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and ask him into our hearts, trusting him in every way, shape, and form, we will not be saved. 
It is only by the grace of Jesus Christ. It is only through him. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So without Jesus Christ, you are in trouble. It is only through Jesus that we have the gift that we have, this gift of grace, this gift of salvation. Nothing we could do could ever potentially begin to earn it. And it's so, as this scripture says, that no one can boast. All we can do is look at Jesus and say, thank you. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. These gifts that were given, we can see the why represented here. It says that Peter said to them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I have to go. I have to die on the cross. I have to be buried. And I have to rise three days later, he says, because there's going to be one coming that you need. You need the Holy Spirit. You need him to come and to dwell among you, to, to lead you and to guide you, to be that still small voice that speaks to us when we find ourselves in times of hardship and trouble, or to be that voice that says, give praise and thanks to the Lord for the good and the great and the joy that you have. You see, the Holy Spirit is here dwelling among us now. You can't get rid of him. It doesn't matter what you do. You can try to push him away. You can try to shove him off. You can try to question him. He is relentless. And he is pursuing you. You see, the Spirit of the Lord is pursuing you specifically, by name. I could go around this room and I could name you each individually and Jesus will literally say, yes, I'm pursuing that one, I'm pursuing that one, I'm pursuing that one. And you know what? Here's the thing. He never stops pursuing you. Even after you've called upon his name, you've accepted his grace, you've accepted his mercy, you've received salvation through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, he still doesn't stop pursuing you. You know why? Because he's still calling you to the work that he needs done. He's never done with you. And that's the reason that when we go to nursing homes or I go and I share something with someone, even someone who's about to die and pass away, I say the Lord is not done with you until he calls you home. Because as long as you have breath in your lungs and you have, you have the ability to even just offer an encouragement, God is still working and using you. It's never to the point where you find yourself in a place where God just simply says, well, that one's done. Just let them just sit there and lay there. There is always a purpose for you. Always. And then you consider the way that we, we share our talents. Ephesians 2 says, For we are, his, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12, and he says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry for building up the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says, now there, uh, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. God has called each of us to, to certain things. And here's the why behind the talent portion of this. 
In Romans chapter 12, verses 4 and 8, it says, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not have all the same function. So we, though many, are one in Christ, and individual members one of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them if prophecy in uh, it says, if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Do you find that you fit into any one of those categories? Because if so, God's calling you to something. The question becomes, are you willing to say yes Lord, and to walk by faith. He's created all of us. We're all different in so many ways. But he's called each of us to serve in different capacities. Not everybody in this room has been called to become a preacher. Not everybody in this room has been called to become a Sunday school teacher. Not everybody in this room has been called to clean the church or to be a trustee or one day we'll have deacons. Lord knows I'm praying for some deacons. We need, we need deacons so badly. I can't even begin to tell you how bad we need that ministry. And I'm not afraid to throw it out there and have it written all over the internet either. We need deacons. We need people who are willing to stand up and say, yes, Lord, I will serve. I will call the sick when we have sick. I will go to the hospital and I will do a hospital visit. When it is time for communion to be served, I will step forward and do so so that we don't have to go around and search the room for somebody who's willing to come forward. That we want people who are saying, I am called to care for the body of the church. We need people who are just simply willing to stand up and say, I am happy to open my mouth and to pray with someone. How many in this room, and I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, how many in this room has ever felt the joy and the blessing of someone praying over them? Do you realize somebody had to open their mouth to pray over you? And if everybody in this room was like an individual who said, I can't do that, it's not in me, you would not have been prayed over. It takes someone who just simply says, yes, Lord, I am willing to go, I am willing to answer the call to do what you would have me to do. It's so important that the body comes together. And I can tell you that for our church, we haven't had deacons in over 20 years. And it's a part of the body that we are missing. We are literally walking around without one of our limbs. Literally. It's gone on way too long, if I'm being honest. Way too long. And partly in Acts, when you read in there, it says that the preacher is supposed to be able to go and to do the things that the preacher is called to do. But you know what? Sometimes the preacher can't do those things because he's having to go do what the deacons are supposed to be doing. And it's the reason that deacons were called in the first place. And no, I'm not fussing at anybody in this room. I am literally putting out a call to service. The KBC calls it calling out the called. Well, church, I'm calling you out. Are you called to serve in some capacity? And if you are, I'm asking you to step out in faith. Literally, not figuratively, not to sit there in your seat and go, well, I'll think about it. Is the Lord calling you to something? I want you to say yes. 
and I'm going to ask you at the end of service, if you're willing to say yes today, I want you to come forward. I want you to take a step in faith. It's a bold step. If we don't have anybody that comes forward, we don't have anybody that comes forward. It is what it is. But the truth is, is I know that there's bound to be someone here in this place who says, I've been called to serve. And guess what? If you've been called to serve, trust me. Carol and I will find a place for you. Carol said, I've got a list. <laughs> I would love to tell you I can do it all on my own, but I can't. I can't. I'm just one guy. And I've got great, amazing people that, that work and serve here. I really do. And I've been blessed. I'm not going to stay in here and make it all sound boohoo, poor me. I am blessed to be here. The Lord has been doing an amazing work here. And I'm so thankful for it. But I can't be the only one that he's reaching out to. Not the only one he's calling and saying, hey, I'm calling you out. How can you come and be a part of this? How can you help go and to spread the word, to get, to get the gospel out there? And so I'm going to wrap you up with 1 Peter chapter 4. You all are like, finally, the preacher has arrived. But 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 to 11, it says, The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled, sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. That's a tough one. In verse 10 it says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of grace, of God's varied grace. Verse 11, Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to him be gone glory and dominion forever and ever Amen. You see, in here, we see that, that, that this is a call to the church. This is a call to each and every one of us who has professed faith in Jesus Christ. This is a call to anyone who says, I feel this tug in my heart. I don't, even if you're not exactly sure what it is, I encourage you to say yes. How can you say yes? As we've been working with the personnel team and the finance team, they can all tell you what I have been telling them is we should never arrive with the, with the thought process of saying, I can't do that. I don't, I'm not sure if we're going to be able to do it. They can tell you, every single one of them will tell you what I have said is, how can we say yes? You know why? Because God can't. God can do anything, Amen. God is capable of doing anything. Amen? God is the giver of everything. He's the one that molds everything. There is nothing that is impossible with God. Do we believe it as a church? That's pitiful. Do we believe that nothing is impossible with God? Dude, like church, you've got to get behind this thing. I don't know how much more energy it can pour into the room. Take my energy and be like, yes, Lord. I want to do this. I want to serve. I want to be a part of this. I told you I'll share my energy with you. I'm passionate about this, and I want all of us to be passionate about it, and I'll walk with you. I promise I'll walk with you. 
You're not on your own. You won't be left out there to just simply sink or swim. My promise to you as your pastor is I will walk with you. If you don't know how, let's do it together. So if you feel the call, make it known. Say yes to God. Say yes, Jesus, I will go. I will work. I will move. I will serve. I will do whatever it is that you are calling me to because I trust you. So we're going to pray. And I would invite any of you who feel a call, if you feel it in your heart at all, I want you to come forward. I want you to make it known to God. Don't make it known to me. Make it known to the Lord. If you want to serve, come forward. And here's the thing. If you are already serving, I still want you to come forward. If you're serving in some capacity, I want you to come forward. These front pews are open. This altar is going to be open. I want you to come forward, and I want you to make the commitment to God. Don't make it to me. Make it to the Lord. Because you'll break your promise to me. And I know you're sitting there and saying, well, I wouldn't, make a promise. I wouldn't break a promise to the pastor. You will. But you'll be less likely to break a promise to God. You promise him means a whole lot more. So as I pray, I want you to come forward. If you feel that, if you're serving here, I want you to come forward. And we're gonna, I'm going to pray over each of you. I want us to move and go forward as a church. So Father God, we thank you today. And Lord, I know that I'm here, and I know that I'm calling out this church. And Lord, I know that I am, I am I'm asking people to step out of their comfort zones. And Lord, I am asking much. God, I know that you are bigger than anything here. I know that, that the passion that, that I have, Lord, can't be the only passion that is here in this place. And so, God, I ask you to, to simply move in the lives of the people here to help us to share our time, our gifts, our talents. And, Lord, it, it, there's so many people who are, who are capable, and I know that they have a desire, but, Lord, they are like I was where I was meek, I was mild, I was unsure. I felt, like, I felt like that I wasn't prepared. I wasn't qualified. I wasn't so many things. And yet you still chose and saw fit to use me. And so God, I pray that you would call whoever it is forward. And Lord, and if there's people that stay in their seats, that's still okay. We're not bringing them down. We're not calling them down. We're not, they are not less than anyone else. It just means that you're still working and you're still moving and, and, and it's your time and, and, and how you would work and move and call and, and, and ask us to serve. So Lord, we're not belittling anyone. I am so thankful for every person who has gathered here today and I am thankful for the blessings that they are to me and to the ministry of this church. And the truth is, is that many people, even if they don't come forward today, they still serve in small ways and sometimes they say, well, you know what? Sometimes I'm just a person that, that serves more behind the scenes and that is good because we need those people that serve behind the scenes because again god there is no job that is not important we have people who give behind the scenes we have people who serve behind the scenes we have people who come when no one else is around and they serve just sort of by themselves and i'm thankful for them as well no job is too little. No job is not important. Everything that you call us to, Lord, we thank you and we praise you. And so, God, as we have those who have come forward, Lord, I pray that you would bless these that are, that are here sitting before me here on this side of the church. God, I pray that you would work and that you would move over them, that your Holy Spirit would just be a wave 
that would just fill their hearts completely full. And I thank you for their commitment to serve you. I thank you for their passion and for their willingness to give of their time and their gifts and their talents. Work in and through them, God. Use them in mighty ways and never let them feel like what they do is not important, that they're not qualified for. If they open up their heart to receive you, God, they will do a great and mighty work. Father God, I pray that as a as I go before those that are on the other side of the church that are sitting here and that are gathered. And Lord, I just pray that you would work and move in their lives as well. And I thank you for their commitment, God, because it is hard. We know, we recognize it is not easy to do. It's a stepping out in faith. And Lord, I praise you for doing that today, that I am literally calling out the call and they are responding. And Lord, I pray that you would bless whatever it is that they are going to be doing. For no work goes your word always your word always goes out and it comes back and it never comes back void and as we work together as we work to bring your gospel your holy spirit we're so thankful that you work in and through us so bring us in that closer relationship bring us in that closer trust lord bless all these who have come forward bless those who are still wherever they are within this church lord bless everyone here for the way that they give the way that they, they share, the way that they serve. Thank you, Jesus. We surrender ourselves to you. I praise you today. Be with us now as we sing this last song. If there would be anyone in this room who does not know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, Lord, I pray that you would cause them to just rise, come forward, kneel at this altar, that they would wave me down, I would come back and I would pray with them. But Lord, I pray that they would give their hearts to you today. That they would not wait another moment. Your time is precious. Help us to use it wisely. Jesus, we thank you today. We surrender ourselves to you. I pray this all in your holy name. Amen.